Hi, and welcome to the BA Knowledge Share. So in this episode, we'll be talking to Marie Zimanoff from Career Thought Leaders. Uh, thank you so much for joining me, Marie. Yes, thank you for having me, Rashmi. I'm glad to talk with you about what's coming up next in the tech se sector. That's awesome. So Marie, most of our audience is uh, works in the, actually all our audience works in the tech industry. Um, so specifically, we have business analysts, um, folks that are in the analytics space um, themselves. And um, why don't you introduce yourself? Yeah, so as CEO of Career Thought Leaders and Resume Writing Academy, I train career services providers, resume writers, career coaches, people that help other people find work. And we track the trends in the industry. And of course, not just in the tech industry, but across the different industries and globally. And technology in general is impacting all the industries and, and work and how people find work. So I keep a pulse on the tech industry in addition to the more global trends that we watch. That's awesome. That's great. Um, so I've been sort of tracking the layoffs that are ha that have been happening. Uh, there's a really cool website called layoffs.fyi. I'm not sure if you're familiar with it. You're probably familiar, but really it goes down to, there's been a lot of layoffs recently. Microsoft decided to lay off about 10,000 people. Um, looking at the latest uh, data as well, SAP laid, laid off about 3,000 uh, recently. Um, do you have a sense of what's going on in terms of the recession and these layoff trends and where this is headed? I'm sure individuals in the tech industry will have their own stories. What I'm hearing on more global scale is we're moving into a period of profitability. So we've moved out of this period of innovation and a high amount of investment going into technology and kind of ridiculous uh, levels of valuations. And we're moving past that phase into a phase of tech companies and all companies, but tech companies feeling it the most, having to show profitability. So you see companies like Uber and even Meta and other companies that have had ridiculous valuations, been able to access a lot of capital because of it. And that's really shifting to, do you have profits? If you're not profitable, you're not getting that venture capital funds because there's just not as much and there's not as much risk. You know, people are becoming more risk averse because of the perhaps recession. And it's not necessarily the recession that's causing the layoffs. It's more this anticipation of mm. this is coming. We've got about and down the hatches. We've got to know that we're not going to get as much funding. And, and so the, those shifts are happening. You've also seen some of the graphics of mm. the immense hiring that was done in 2020 and 2021 mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that caused some over employment in these organizations. And now they're having to back off and perhaps in a very uh, it's very jarring right it, we're going from this huge period of overemployment to now focusing on profitability and having to cut back really swiftly and it's been obviously significantly impactful i saw somewhere and i haven't been able to check this data but there, there's been 200,000 layoffs in just mm -hmm. the last 12 months in in this, most of them coming in the tech sector because those are the ones that get the most press 
Yeah, and it's interesting because during, uh, to your point, during uh, COVID um, and 2020, there was a lot of hiring, right? So uh, people were shifting from one industry to the other. There were changes in terms of labor uh, folks in the tech industry working remotely uh, primarily. And now that they're back in the office, has there been any sort of uh, the whole remote thing? Is that contributing, do you think, to the tech industry layoffs as, as well? It's sort of a... Just a, just a general question. That's contributing to movement, but I don't know if it's contributing to the layoffs as much as the other global factors, because the remote work, I mean, it just kind of depends on how you look at it. Some people see the remote work is opening up being able to hire in lower cost countries, so they might lay off in the US and then hire in a, in a lower cost country. Mm -hmm. For some of these organizations that may be what they're doing, but looking at the numbers and kind of what's going on in the sector, I think the overemployment in the last couple of years and then the shift from the risk, you know, kind of the, hey, we'll invest in anything that looks like it could have some value to more calculated and profitable calculations that's probably having a bigger impact in the tech sector than the remote work because they've been doing that for a long time most of them have been global and had global employees um, for a long time yeah that that makes uh, that makes sense and now given uh, the recession the layoffs um how does one prepare for a layoff and i mean i think the top of someone's mind work in tech industry is how does one prepare for the layoffs and how does one land a new job quickly yeah, so if people aren't laid off yet, but they're nervous about it, mm. the number one thing I would say is secure your access to your network outside of your company platform. I mean, we've heard this in the news over and over again. The people show up to work and they no longer have access to their platform. And if there's a lot going on there and a lot of reasons that I wish companies wouldn't do that. But the number one thing in terms of jobs, job search that people will lose is all of their contacts. You know, mm -hmm. if all you're doing is using your work email to talk to your colleagues, your suppliers, your vendors, your partners, you're going to lose all of that or, or have to recreate it somewhere else when you show up and you don't have access to that technology. And we know that your colleagues and the people that you've worked with are your best asset, your best resource to finding a new job quickly. So make sure that those relationships are taken outside of your work email in an appropriate way, right? You don't wanna do it inappropriately, but mm -hmm. connect to those people on LinkedIn or on whatever other external platform makes sense for you. So that when, if, if something happens, you have those relationships accessible outside of your company platform and then of course in addition to just having the relationships moved off of your work platform start you know talking to people start engaging engage on whatever platform it is that makes sense for your career i know a lot of people were engaging on twitter and then that mm -hmm. shifted i know the tech industry was kind of big on twitter but you know if it's linkedin or whatever might work for you now start engaging start rekindling relationships those people might need help too so it's an opportunity yep. to, networking is not a one-way street so it's an opportunity to to give and get if there's people in your network that need help right now too so that's what i would say if you're preparing yes the resume and, and linkedin profile and all of that but really your your network is going to be 
um, the, the way that you move. Then what I would say is the other thing that's coming up in the job search for the tech industry is all the other organizations that are kind of sitting around throwing a little party that this tech talent is now available to other organizations than the fame companies, right? You've got yeah. regular businesses, nonprofits, NGOs. You know, there's been some articles coming out about how they are ready and you know, I don't know if excited is the right word, but they're they're well ready to get that talent and bring it into their organization. Mm-hmm. Now they may not, and I don't know, I, you never want to make this assumption because a lot of times nonprofits and NGOs and those companies can pay just as well as other companies, mm-hmm. but they may not pay as well. And so that's something that people will have to navigate during their job search, you know, what is what is realistic for a non-fame company, if that's where you've been, and what makes sense, what's available globally, what's available remotely, um, as well as realizing that there is this large pool of organizations that's looking for alumni, if you will, Mm -hmm. from those organizations and excited to have the opportunity to talk to you. That's that's interesting, and also just um, the whole thought. And I, I, I didn't even think about it, right? So, whole thought of there are other industries that are looking for talent, that are looking for people um, to absorb. So that's that's a very interesting point that you bring up. Um, speaking about. Uh, the tech industry in general, and just the chat GPT, like AI, um, and shifting a little bit um, from uh, the recession hiring, uh, what are your thoughts around chat GPT? And what are your thoughts around what is it going to do in terms of um, careers, um, in terms of resumes down the road? It's interesting. There's a quote, I think it's from a MIT professor a few years ago, that AI isn't going to take your job. Someone who's using AI is going to take your job. And that is just, you know, it's a a cliche quote perhaps, but it's so important for people to understand what the technology can do. So if you're in the tech sector, you know, ChatGPT can write code, but it still takes someone with knowledge to know, is that code going to work? You have to put in the right inputs there is it isn't going to replace humans it's going to help humans do their job better and if you don't know how to use the technology to do your job better the organizations you're looking at will likely hire someone who does the same is true for resume writing um i did a demo with ChatGPT writing a resume and it was well it was a little bit horrible because they put an objective in it and you can tell them not to put an objective in it which is like 15 years old so i'm not sure why a system that was written a year ago <laughs> is still putting objectives on a resume but um you can you can massage it mm-hmm. but a, it's not going to write your stories mm. it can suggest stories that you might want to tell and it's going to mm-hmm. give you a story but it's not going to be your story it's really not going to be any better than copying and pasting from a job description or from you know, the Department of Labor website is going to be generic content that doesn't necessarily fit what you've done. So use it to get you started, especially Mm -hmm. if you put in a job description. So if you put in a job description, you say write a resume to this job description. And I think you can even prompt it with some of your own background, some of your own work that you've done, Mm -hmm. and that will make it better. You're still going to have to go through and put in your specific 
accomplishment stories, project stories in the tech space, you usually write project-based resumes, you're going to have to put in your stuff mm -hmm. or it's going to be pretty obvious that it's a generic resume. Yes, you might get through the initial screening, but when it comes down to the top 10 candidates, um, unless you know everyone's generic, which may happen, I guess, mm -hmm. you're not going to have anything that tells the hiring manager where you've actually used the skills, what you've actually accomplished with those skills, and the value that you would bring to their organization. So it's a great tool to use it, know how it mm -hmm. works, know where it can add value, and then make sure that you're getting in your specific stories because that's your differentiator. That is that is an interesting point. Um, I was just reading the other day when the scientific calculator came out many, many years ago, people were like, oh, are kids going to stop doing math? Um, <laughs> but that didn't happen, right? So we have we still have the scientific calculator. In fact, we have it, uh, more innovative products now, um, but still, kids still do math. Um, so um, yeah, no, it, it's, it's your personal story that that AI won't be able to tell, right? So that that is an interesting, interesting point that you bring up. Um, the shifting gears a little bit. So a lot of my audience uh, is basically new to the technical, uh, the tech industry, the analytics space. Um, for someone that is transitioning into a, a tech career, uh, are there any general guidelines or recommendations in terms of how to set foot in the door um you, you know how does one go about doing that now i'm making it very generic the question is very generic not specific do you have any uh recommendations or thoughts well in any sector but especially in the tech sector people want to see that you can apply your skills that's why most organizations or schools do a, a boot camp right because they giving you the skills but they're also helping you build something that demonstrates them mm -hmm. and when i was working with an individual years ago who was getting into the machine learning space when machine learning was just kind of a new place right there was nobody mm -hmm. that had experience in machine learning and he was taking some courses and actually he was taking free courses on coursera and machine learning and they would give projects and that's where the rubber's going to hit the road for you. If you haven't had the practical work experience, take advantage of every opportunity you can to do a project that could demonstrate what you've done. Then you have a bullet to point in your resume because you did a project. I think he created a, a machine learning engine that was actually related to the stock market and he was you know, having machine learning learn the ups and downs of the stock market. And so he did his own project he put it out on GitHub. Now he had something out there that employers could see. He also had a, you know, the bullet in his resume. There's a lot of opportunity to do those types of things without paying too much money, mm -hmm. even though you may not get paid. So find those opportunities to really demonstrate the skill sets that you're wanting to show, because when you do that, it shows your commitment, it shows your skills, it shows that you know how to use it. And there is hopefully some end result that a hiring manager could go and see as well as the information that you'd be able to add to your resume. That's great. Um, in terms of um, 
interviews, are there any specific tips or techniques or things that someone should keep in mind if they are new to the tech industry? Um, so in this case, this person has had a project, did Coursera, um, you know, he, he had information put in his resume. Are there any sort of interview techniques that you would recommend for, for newbies? Yeah, so like Google has an interview preparation service that's free. Um, oh, I can't okay. remember the URL, but if you just Google Google interview prep, yeah. they have an interview prep tool that is free, obviously related to the tech industry. So it's, it'd be a great place for any tech person to go and check it out. Mm -hmm. And then you wanna research on Glassdoor, maybe even GitHub, you know, what are people saying about this company, what are they sharing? Because a lot of times on those sites, people are sharing interview questions. Uh, you can look up technical interview questions. You know, that'd be kind of my last resort. I'd start with the other tools because they're more specific. Mm -hmm. There are processes that most companies are going to go through that you can find out about and be be prepared for. There's also an interview preparation tool in LinkedIn. It's not as tech specific mm -hmm. as the, the Google tool, obviously, but if you go to your LinkedIn profile and you click on jobs, there's a left-hand menu that pops up that has a few tools and one of them is interview prep. And you can see some interview questions that they say you might be asked. And there's even some automated feedback. If you record an interview answer, they get, give you some automated feedback on your on your interview and then i'd say there's technologies that more in depth mm -hmm. you can practice and get ai feedback on mm -hmm. your interview answers another way ai can help <laughs> right right <laughs> that's great um one more thing, how important is it to have your LinkedIn profile up to snuff um, in comparison to your resume or do both go hand in hand? Both go hand in hand. So recruiters are obviously searching LinkedIn. 65% of recruiters use LinkedIn in, I would say that knowing your industry and knowing what other methods a recruiter might use would be good. There's more mm -hmm. recruiters using YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, and even Facebook than ever before. So don't oh, discount wow. other other platforms, especially if you're already versed in those platforms, you might see what's going on on your native platform before you also look at LinkedIn. Mm. You have your, your profile updated, writing some stories out of your resume. So you don't want to copy and paste your resume, but you use that resume content as a jumping off point and then get a little more conversational in your LinkedIn profile. You can use LinkedIn Explorer, which is actually a GitHub tool. Um, LinkedIn had someone develop this Explorer tool on mm -hmm. GitHub. So it's it's publicly available. If you Google LinkedIn Explorer, you'll find the, the link and it will tell you what keywords you should have in your profile based on the job titles that you put into the LinkedIn Explorer system. Mm -hmm. uh, you got to scroll, you get a LinkedIn Explorer and then you kind of got to scroll, scroll, scroll down and it, you'll get to this area where you can put in a job title and it gives you the skills that you should have in your profile. Um, so that's important. Recruiters are looking there and your LinkedIn profile shows up highly in Google results. So a lot of recruiters actually use Google search or Bing search and search LinkedIn through that filter. And mm -hmm. so you're you're very likely to show up on their 
search results in either of those search platforms if you have your profile keyword optimized you know put in the software that you use put in the the right verbs and the right technical terms mm -hmm. so that when they search for those you come up yeah those those keywords and those are so important um even even on linkedin or any other so what was surprising you just mentioned is is youtube people are looking at candidates on, on youtube on instagram i had not thought about <laughs> those as uh, platforms uh, for folks to, to hire. So, but the, for those listening, that's uh, that's important. And I'll sort of list these uh, resources as well in the show notes. Um, that being said, in terms of, uh, um, do you have any sort of resources apart from the ones you just, just mentioned that uh, could help folks in this in this time of nervousness and, and potential layoffs? Thinking about what your, I mean, resources. Um, obviously, your network, as we talked about at the beginning Correct. of the call, yep. really starting with building that network, connecting with people, learning from your existing network, and then figuring out those, the information resources that are the best for you. There's mm -hmm. information overload, right? I mean, there's got to be thousands of articles on how to job search released almost every day. Mm -hmm. And so figure out who connects with you when you're looking at information, think about does this fit for me? I see people say, you know, only listen to recruiters when they're a recruiter that, you know, they've got their own perspective. I'd have a breadth of some recruiters, some coaches, because coaches are going to take a different approach. They're going to lead you through a different path of thinking mm -hmm. so that you get a, a, a wide and broad amount of input coming in but not overwhelming mm -hmm. find those confidants if you will those those people that you really want to listen to and and accept new information but be mm -hmm. careful about feeling overwhelmed when you're trying to listen to everything that's coming out on the topic great great advice um awesome um so thank you so much for joining me today on this podcast um for those that have been listening um you can find this podcast on apple um as well as on uh, youtube as well uh please do consider subscribing and thank you so much marie for all your advice yeah thank you for having me it was nice to speak with you same here all right uh let me